did you say record button after you push record? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Hot take. Don't we usually have intro music or something? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I told you I wasn't going to set that up, but uh, I can go find it. There it is. We did it. There's the intro. Nice. Intro music. Welcome everybody to our late night smooth jazz podcast. All about the smoothest of jazz. It's me, Brian. How about my other friends? How about Caleb? How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Nice. Uh, uh, wait. I mean, hey yo. Oh. How about my other friend, Dr. Nathan Gooch, PhD. Hey yo. Annoyed. For all the kids out there. For all the kids. It's been a little while. We missed last week in our podcast. No biggie. We only have two fans, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Shout out is, to Garrett. And they're all mad at, hey, Garrett, all thanks mad for at listening. Caleb, so it's fine. They are. They're beating me up. <laughs> so Garrett and Eric, they're like, what up? Why why, why for how come you not put podcast out? That's how they said it. Just, just like that. becomes entitled to content immediately. Isn't it great? <laughs> Even bad content like this. So, yeah. What have you guys been up to? What have you been doing? Oh, man. Valheim has consumed my life. The game Valheim. I play that game so much. It's pretty cool Valheim game. or Heim. I don't even know, man. Whatever it is. Yeah, Valheim. got me. With an M. With an M. As in M- that game muffin. Is really fun to watch. And I know, Nate needs to get it. I like watching you guys go through swampy swampy dungeons and fighting giant deer monsters. It's great. The thing that's cool about it is that everything that you accomplish feels really earned in that game. Yeah, it's like hard, it's right? It's really hard to do stuff, and you explore on your own, and there's no like coddling of your of the player. So, also, if you die, you lose all your stuff, which freaking sucks. <laughs> but it's made for some like pretty hilarious content of like playing, where you're just like going. Take the raft you're, like, of shame. A, a, a weak naked man running through a plane full of <laughs> death mosquitoes, trying to get your plus one sword back, basically. Right. <laughs> So, it's been really fun, especially playing it with a lot of a lot of guys on the same server. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So it's really good multiplayer game too, right? Like, way fun to play with your friends. In fact, probably the only way to play. Yeah, don't play by yourself only, because that's sad. If you want to come, but there's play with lots us, of other games dude. that are good single players. Come on. Like what? Si- single player? What have you been playing, Nate? You've been playing that beats per minute game. That's good. It's a single player game. Oh, that was so, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> Dang. Burn. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a pretty good single-player game, for sure. Yeah, there's, there's lots of single-player games. I don't know what the point of that was, but I'm just saying that you can play games by yourself, too, and it's okay. Speaking of games, Nate, tell me about your game. How's it coming? Oh, it's coming along. Um, I found a, a appropriate a tutorial series for um, for teaching you multiplayer and, and like basically like server client models and stuff like that, which 
I always thought was far beyond my my reach. But now you don't think that? But well, when you got a tutorial that somebody kind of walks you through it, it obviously that I mean, I'm sure it's a lot more complex if I was to really get into it, but I'm able to come up with a workable model based off of, you know, what little knowledge I do get out of this. So you got some multiplayer working right now? Yeah, so I, I mean, extremely basic right now. It's obviously not the full game, but I can I have it set up so that if I have two instances of Unity running, I can make one be the host and one be the client, and they connect and communicate to each other. And you can move a ball around, and it moves on the other guy's screen. And so, kind of cool. That's pretty amazing. Cause I agree, multiplayer seems like a hard thing to figure out. Yeah, I was thinking, well, I'll just do single player because developing an AI is going to be easier than than coding for multiplayer. But now I'm thinking maybe it's the other way around. You think making multiplayer so, is going to be easier? Well, I'll, then you don't have to worry about AI. You just have to make sure that the computers talk to each other well. Yep. Yeah, human on human. You make it's a game. So. It's, it's multiplayer rock paper scissors, <laughs> and then you just play. I told you, told you, it's make it an RTS. So I know, but then you could just like one person could have scissors, and then the other person could have paper and rock. <laughs> and so you have like a little countdown and, and click one of the three buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is. Commentary on the political system. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Uh, when I was when I was in high school playing, or whenever it was, I can't even remember what time in my life this was, playing Warcraft 2, um, I got into the modding of that game pretty heavily and wrote my own AIs for that. Is that so almost I think voice? once the framework is set up, right. you can Turn come up with okay. a pretty serviceable AI. Um, so it's not... It's not impossible to do, but I think for more modern games, it's probably a lot more of a sophisticated AI. But um, I think just doing multiplayer is probably the way to go, at least to I start. Turn it off, boys. Right on. So, do you feel like you're um, on the right track, time timeline-wise? It's crazy how time flies, right? Like February is almost already done. Yeah, but I got the whole year. I'm only two months in. Yeah, Easy exactly. Peasy. It's like one quarter gone. <laughs> That's not a quarter. Quarter's three, not two. <laughs> one, one six, six look gone. <laughs> so today I, I've been working on a painting. Oh, nice. Uh, what are you painting this time? The landscape. I'm going back to my roots. I haven't done a landscape in a while. Is there a dragon burning the landscape down? I should do That's that. That's what I want. No. I want like a landscape, but in the background <laughs> you can see that a dragon is is burning all the peasants. Trogdor. <laughs> I said a dragon, not a dragon man. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he was a dragon man. Uh, <laughs> muscular arms. I forgot about that. Yeah, but I can tell that. Um, I've just so all I've done is painted the sky and clouds, and even just looking at the sky and clouds, I can see how much I've grown in my in this painting versus my previous paintings. It's so much better. So that's awesome. I'm pretty proud of that. Nice work. I need you to paint just a mural for me. A mural of your face? Sure, whatever you want. Uh, my prominent I... prominent chin. 
my st- uh, steamy looks I can give. When's when's <laughs> the last time that you have been at, uh, physically at work? Uh, last March. It's Excellent. been a year. I haven't been. Holy I have cow. not been back since the first time we left for COVID. I actually have no idea what's in my office at this point. I don't even know what I have. So there. you might go back to work in a year from now, and there will be one of the walls of your office be a gigantic steamy face of me. Yeah, you making a steamy face I've, like you just said. That'd be ago. that'd be so great if if I painted my office with just a big face of me. <laughs> yeah. So that when people came when in, in, they knew. Reports. Yeah, they they knew who was most important in my life. look and I think it'd be nice to have a really small family picture next to it and and then an even smaller team photo so like priorities like one two three here they are right and then just just my big giant face is just like yeah like six or eight feet yeah tall (laughs) and then I'll put the guest chair right where my mouth is and then, so they feel like I'm about to eat them whole. It's intimidation. This is the modern business world. Intimidation. Is and that then the it'll modern be there for years. No, the modern business world is all about how to make being a weak-ass pansy work for you. Pardon my French. But that's basically what it is. It's like, you can't ever have any of your feelings hurt. Everything has to be comfortable. Nobody's allowed to say anything that makes you feel bad. Even if it's like, can you please do the work that you're hired to do? Like, that's... <laughs> Like, that's the part that's the craziest. Like, my boss the other week was like, hey, uh, I, I, I need you to do this thing for me because, well, I was going to have these other people do it, but, you know, I got to make sure that, that they, they wouldn't react poorly to me asking them to do it. I'm just like, they work for you, too. Like, Wow. Wow. Last time I didn't realize that I had a choice in d- either doing any of the work and still getting paid. So if, if I had to choose, uh, no work, but still paid. Is that on the table? That seems like a great, a, a great setup for the individual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's my next performance review. It's like, okay, well, it seemed like work was optional, and I did some. So, ra- raise. <laughs> so, so, one hundred percent effective. Right. But yeah, why do you ask? I've yeah, I haven't been back to the office in forever. That was it. Oh, you I was talking about. Uh, over the next year, just slowly painting a mural on your office wall of your face. I'm a little nervous that there's like, I had some picture frames in there that, and then there was an earthquake like the first week that we were gone. I'm pretty sure that they like probably fell down and broke. It's probably just like shattered glass all over it. Did you leave your lunch? That's what I was No, I cleaned, about. I have a little fridge in my office actually and I cleaned it out before I left. That, well, that was the smart thing to do. But I have a brand new unused mini fridge in my office that's been plugged in and not had anything in it for a year. So environment. Uh, con- conserving <laughs> that electricity. Right. So speaking of raises, congrats, Caleb. Yeah. Thanks man. One whole raise. Made me feel pretty good. One whole raise. Yeah. One raise, One please. raise please. Extra money. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> that's good news. Yeah, it is good news. Yeah, I had like one of the best performance reviews I've ever had in my whole life. So it was really nice to hear nice things said about your work it seems, when you're not sure. Yeah, it seems interesting that uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. It's like you felt like maybe I they have no idea that I'm doing a good job here. 
Yeah, well, and I think that, too, I'm like my own worst critic, right? So I know I know there's always more that I could do. So I, I, I don't know. It was just it was just surprising and welcome to get that vote of confidence, right? Because sometimes I think I'm doing a pretty good job, but it's nice to hear it. So Absolutely. And then when it came with the raise, too, like even better, right? Yeah, that's so. how you know it's sincere. <laughs> right, right. Right. Plenty of times they're like, good job, and you're like, money, please. And they're like, nope. And then you're like, so don't even tell me good, don't even tell me good job. <laughs> so right. bad, bad so, job? Well, yeah. so, right, so, so just job. So not, yeah, not that, <laughs> exactly. not that good of job, obviously. Because the unfortunate reality is that's what it communicates, basically. It's like, I did really good this year. Yeah, you did really good this year. Good enough for more money? No. So I, the guy over there that did nothing all year, good enough for the same? Yeah, same. So I think I think that people have a misconception of what it means to do a good job at work, okay? Because plenty of people do their jobs well, and that is not what people want when they're looking to give people like a promotion or a raise. What you need to do if you want one of those things is to become the kind of person where if you were to quit, your boss commits suicide, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe not that, like, uh, maybe not that uh, extreme, but drastic measures. But where they're like, oh crap, I just realized. My life is terrible. Like, I just realized that if I lost this person and whatever it is they do, uh, either I'm going to have to start working really hard, which it really comes down to. Most bosses don't want to have to work that hard. And so they'll just do whatever they can to make sure that they don't have to work hard. And that is by keeping underlings who will work hard um, or just becoming irreplaceable in some other way. That's why I don't think that that mentality of like, I'm just going to come in every day and I'm just going to put my head down and I'm going to blast against the whatever for 12 hours a day on an eight hour work week. And just like people are finally going to notice all the care that I give. And like, that's never, ever going to happen ever. Right. Well, for, for, there's also one thing you got to be careful of. I know one guy who was in, uh, I can't remember exactly what his role was. It was IT. And um, he he basically made it so that he was unfireable by by transitioning all of their systems over to systems that basically only he understood. It's pretty messed <laughs> so up. So they're like, what? I guess you can't get rid of you because you're the only one that knows how to work this stuff. But then it also made him unpromotable because he's they're like, we can't take you out of this position because you're the only one that knows how to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, uh, don't break the system, obviously. Yeah, don't paint yourself into a corner. But at the same time, yeah, somehow you got to be really showing your worth to your boss, like you were saying. Yeah. Nobody really nobody. Nobody pays attention to people that work hard. They Those are just people that don't cause you a headache. Do you know what I mean? Really interesting. So someone's getting all the work done, and it's good work. I mean, you're speaking as a manager, right? Like sure. Like, there are people that report to well, you. Well, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about myself. Uh, sure, Because sure. I, do, I do go out of my way to make sure that I recognize people that work hard. But if that's all that they were doing, I wouldn't have that much to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I have... There's some people who I would I would have more conversations with about like career advancement, and the only barrier for me to do that with them is that they have never one time brought it up with me, ever one time. So it's like like can I have a promotion, please? Even not even that like that much. Not even like hey, can what what should I do to improve my my job? 
or hey, what should I do to like gain skills to move up to the next level or whatever? Like, never one time. So it's really yeah, and then they kind of just act like I just kind of expect to just be moved along. It's like, well, move yourself along, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. I have that conversation almost monthly. Of course, <laughs> you should. Because that's the other that's yeah. the other deep dark secret of of that kind of stuff is you just have to irritate your boss. I think there's a <laughs> I think just... there's a Bible I think in the Bible it's something about. Uh, is there a parable Jesus teaches where he's basically there's a woman who wants something from a judge who's like unjust and she just like bugs the crap out of him until he's like fine, get out of here. Like huh? I rule in your favor because like you irritated <laughs> me forever. Can I go have lunch, please now? So, I was gonna bring up a Bible verse too. It's like the whole "ask and ye shall receive" or something, right? Yeah. Like I think that might be a. A true law. Like, you never get what you don't ask for. Yeah, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Like, it doesn't say, like, find, and then they'll tell you how you did it later. Like, right, or, or, like, I'll bring you or, a pizza or whatever. Like, you have to... <laughs> Or just wait at the door until it opens. Yeah. Like, sometimes you got to knock. Yeah. And that's what working hard and putting your head down and not saying anything is. Is standing outside right, like, of a door and never knocking on it. Like, I'm here. But will you please open this door up for me? Well, without asking, so, like just right. expecting or something, right? So to be clear, I'm not saying don't work hard. You definitely have to do that part. But you also have to say, I'm working hard over here, and I'd like to work hard over there. Like you have to, yeah. you have to at least say, you have to show some initiative of here's what I want to do. Because that's the other crazy thing that I've noticed is that people just, like, if you're like, um, I'm interested in doing these five things, so can I do them? They're like, sure. Like, why not? I don't, I don't see why not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just, just make up your own thing. Like, just go do the thing. I don't know. You know what? Like, I've, I've experienced that twice this year, actually, kind of on accident. So, like, one of them at uh, work, there's for our division. I guess I don't know if your division does this, but we have something called Innovation Council, and it's a bunch of the directors sit on it, and it's outside of PSR. And basically, if you have an idea for something then you present it to the innovation council. But usually they only let people who are um, like one level beneath directors uh, are, you know, or, or like um, in, uh, principal engineers who are basically a director for the technical path. Uh, they're the only ones that are really presenting. And so I had that same thing where I was working on something and um and I just mentioned it. Hey, you know what? Can you involve me in Innovation Council? And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we didn't think about that. Uh, let's see if we can do it. And then ended up doing basically the whole presentation because the other guy ended up not being able to make it. So Perfect. And it, you know, how, how, how did one, you one not get promoted? What? I said, how did you not get promoted? <laughs> I know, right? You're working on it. You're doing the, that, goes, yeah, yeah. that goes well in the thing, though. I mean, I've done that a bunch of times, too, where... where and there's so much low-hanging fruit, too, where people are like some like high-level exec is like, we need to make this thing. We're going to put a group together. And I'll just be like, can I come to the group? And they're like, amazing fortitude or whatever. You know, great, <laughs> great uh, initiative. It's like, yeah, I rolled a 17 on that one. Great, great <laughs> initiative. Just like. And then you go and you have like three phone calls and people are like, you were part of that group that did that thing, right? And you're like. Yeah, that group didn't do anything, by the way. But sure. 
<laughs> and that's a lot of that, that's a uh, truth too. So like there's a, there was another group that I was a part of the, the kidney health initiative. They had a, a fluid management work group where we put together some documentation for uh, for basically the whole uh, United States. Uh, basically anybody that's doing hemodialysis and the physicians like how to um, how to look at the current situation, how to prescribe um, their dialysis, uh, and how to determine uh, outcomes. And it was me and and about 10 other people, but a couple of them usually wouldn't show up. We met a few times over the course of a couple of months, and we put out some documents to the whole community over the whole country. And uh, that's another thing that I got in on just because I'm like, oh, this thing's happening. I guess I'll send them an email and, uh, with my resume and see if they'll let me on. And and then they did. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, there's Thanks. tons of opportunities. In, it doesn't even, not just in work, but just in a lot of things, where if the only thing that stops people from having the opportunity is just by they just don't say, can I have the opportunity? Like, it's kind of crazy. Why do you think that is? Because I feel like sometimes I don't whatever yeah do any of the knocking you know what i mean yeah i think i think a, a lot of people don't right I, I think all of us are guilty of that in some point or another i think it comes down to some you know ingrained things about being afraid of rejection or whatever but like like there certainly are things where like you need qualifications in order to be a part of although mm -hmm. even those seem like somewhat flexible more flexible than you would think you know, how many, how many stories have you heard about people like who didn't have like the right undergraduate degree where they wanted to go to a specific master's program. And so they were like, I want to go there anyway. And then they like got in anyway, like that happens all the time. So, but I think that people just get afraid to not say something and you just should say okay. it. Just say, I want to do that thing with you, friend. Yeah. I'll say for me, the thing that, that gets me is basically just not knowing about it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that the directors are involved in that doesn't usually filter down to uh, the worker bees, me and you, right? So um, somehow you got to figure out about some of that stuff that's going on so that you can request to be involved in it. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's right. Like knowing about it, but. But still, I don't know if it's like my anxiety or whatever, the fear of failure, like you're saying, Brian, or or something where it's just like, uh, I mean, what if what if that's hard or what if it's too much work or what if it's not what I'm expecting, even though I don't know what to expect? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do think that no matter what it is, you kind of have to get to a point where you re where you realize that say that you say you want to do the thing and they, they say, OK, and you get to come and then you get in and you're like, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. Like you just quit. Like you just say, I don't want to do this. Anymore. Yeah. And then it's like, what's the difference? <laughs> like you learned the thing. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to do it for the rest of your life. Like that's the thing. <laughs> like that's the thing. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 There's two. I think we, we, we get in these patterns where we're afraid to get involved in anything. And then if we do finally get involved in something, we're like, I guess this is it forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no going back now. So, and that makes it pretty hard to try new things. Um, Nate's right though. Like a part of it is like being like, you have to be aware of opportunities that come along, but so say you even remove that out of, out of the way, like, so you don't even give yourself anxiety by 
worrying that you're just constantly missing opportunities that you don't know about like <laughs> right, right. like just say it like even the ones that you do hear about there's probably like more than 50 percent of those where you, you don't take them because you're just like eh, i i don't want to i don't want to send an email i guess i don't want to knock today yeah and i remember like so there was one time i was looking at jobs this was a few years ago and somebody i saw I don't know if it was on like LinkedIn or some dumb thing. I, I don't ever look on that kind of stuff, but for some reason I was really looking hard and there was some new company coming to Utah and they were, they were doing something medical. I can't remember what it was at the point is the point now, but it was seemed pretty new and exciting. And I was like, Oh, that might be cool to work for that place. And then I couldn't find like any information. So I just looked up the CEO on LinkedIn and I emailed him and said, I want to, I want to go there. And he said, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then, like, I, I ultimately didn't go through with the opportunity, but, like, I just reached out to the CEO and said, hey, I saw your your thing that you're opening up. It looks really interested. I have, like, these the skill set. Can I come? Like, I'd be interested in, like, working there. And they were like, sure. Come and, inter- so come and interview. Did, so you went and interviewed and got, got, like, a job offer? No, I didn't. I didn't ultimately go end up going through the whole process. But, like, yeah. I just, because stuff changed for me at work in, in a different way. So I just decided to stay. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, he, he had a conversation with me, you know, at least through email. Like, yeah, right. Which, right. Which on one hand, you're like, he's a big, big old CEO, you know what? He's so busy with this time. Like, why would he reach out to me? But he's like, Hey, yeah, come, come talk to us or whatever. huh? Yeah. And I think so a lot of times, like if people say the word networking to me, it makes me want to drink until I can't see. networking yeah networking. but like uh networking. just but like because that what it what it evokes right is like He's a bunch of it. a bunch of dorks wearing like name tags at like some forced like cocktail party after a, the world's worst conference where everyone's hi uh, my name is yeah hi i work for blah 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 perhaps if we make a connection here later in my career it will be beneficial to me <laughs> it's like shut up dude but like real networking is like whatever let's just you just make a friend blah, blah, blah. doing something, and then you just later you're like, oh, you do that thing, cool. I want to do that thing, and then everyone's happy. Like this podcast, it was like, hey, we should make a podcast. Oh, I want to make a podcast. We did it. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Right, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Right, Eric. Yeah. Right. Garrett and Eric. What up, yo? Right, Garrick. That's definitely uh, <laughs> a new villain in our in our D and D campaign that we'll meet next week since we decided not to play this week. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no D and D, no D and D this week. Yeah, it's cool, man. I get it. Like being being the DM, it takes a lot of work to prepare and it takes a lot of work players. to prepare. And sometimes it's just been a week and you're just tired. And too much Viking game. I mean, let's be And honest. Viking game is fun, but also, like, D&D is not that as much fun over the computer webs, to be perfectly honest. Yes. It's just harder to organize everything. I like being on a table and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, there's something face about, like, face. seeing the, uh, the, the reactions of a real face when you... Disc- 
you know, when the surprise comes, like that's definitely the most fun. Like good story. I, do, do, do you remember we were man camping and playing D&D in the woods? Yeah. That's why everyone that I tell about D&D, they think like, oh, you dress up and you yeah. go LARP or something. Right. Like, oh, no, we, we took steaks and Dutch ovens and, you know, sat around a, made a the camp table. Mountain man potatoes. With, yeah, man. And, uh, you, you know, you just play D&D. But, but remember, we were in the dungeon, and Christian picked up that gauntlet and immediately put it on his hand, and he was like an archer-type character. Yeah. He, and it's like, he put on a cursed, the gauntlet is cursed. He put on a cursed <laughs> gauntlet and shoved it on his hand. <laughs> gauntlet of concrete hand? Yeah, yeah. Basically. Immediately crestfallen. Like, his, his whole countenance changed, right? And he kind of got silent. And, and he was like, oh, no, what did I do? But all of that would have been lost, like, over the internet, right? I wouldn't have, no one would right. have been able to see. And I'll tell you that... The, uh, the silent reaction. I'll tell you that the, my least favorite thing about the COVID situation is um, the minuscule amount of lag in conversations. Like, what do you mean? Just like, if Nate and I wanted to both say something right now, in person, we probably could both say something and the communication would be easier, but on the computer, we'd overlap each other and it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, and that that uh, slowness of the ability to react takes away like 80% of all humor. <laughs> right, right. It's all about the moment, for sure. Hitting that punchline. So, and just like in, you know, being able to be fast in what you say or whatever uh, is super important. And you just can't do that with COVID. Or not COVID, sorry. You can't do that with the situation caused by COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Once I got COVID, I lost the ability to communicate. One man's... COVID? COVID. Did you say COVID? <laughs> Once I got COVID. Once I got COVID, which is a... Is, it is sounds a, like a, a late night... Uh, Prescription drug commercial. Yeah, COVID, COVID, <laughs> it, it uh, causes lung cancer, but also gives you boners. So it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a fifty-fifty so overall win. Yeah, some things, some things you just got to take the good with the bad. So whatever you have to do. All right. Well, then, I mean, we're just uh, talking about this live. So what what are you what are your feelings on D and D moving forward then? Oh, D and D moving forward. I still want to play it. I think. So, I just wanted some time tonight. That's all. Cool. 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 <laughs> to cool. Take a break. Yeah. And it's been working. I like these kind of like half hourish blips that we've been doing. I think that's the right amount of time for online. You know. You mean like the the first half of the show this season? I just mean that we're like just kind of when we play, we play for like half an hour, and that's like the right amount of time. Oh, I see the D and D side of things. Yeah, like it's yeah. not too much to prepare for. It's not too hard. You know, we get a little bit in and there, but like, you know, the, and the other thing that we've been trying, right? We try to sp- kind of streamline it so it's not too in the weeds. Um, that's actually where D and D in general kind of loses me a little bit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, for sure. You can get what bogged do down in the. You can be, get bogged down in the arithmetic, right? Like, okay, well, now you got to roll your d20, and then you got to roll your d4, and add three. And by that time, like the the heat of the moment's not quite the right word, but right. like 
like the moment is kind of fizzled right you want to keep it exciting well and especially if like you're like well i don't know exactly how this works so let's look up how it works and let's read about it and then let's debate whether we we came to the right conclusion of how that thing works it's just i i admire the detail at which they have created these rule sets but i yeah at the same time Uh, well and i think it's a i mean different People people find different things fun, right? Right. Some some people really do like like uh, digging into the the details of the rules, and that's fun. But and it can be fun, and in other games, especially when you're like com- competitive games, you know, when you're playing a board game or something and competing against your player. Yeah. Or like Warhammer, that's what I think, right? Where you're competing against another player, then like those rules are really really important. But D and D is a little bit different, right? It's a it's a cooperative storytelling experience bounded by the I'm air quoting rules of D&D which just um, help you tell the story right and I I think the point you're highlighting is why it's nice to have someone who's the definitive law having the DM in the game they basically can just say whatever they want is is law right and everybody has to abide by that yep well, and I, I, so if everyone that you were playing with all the time knew all of the rules, like inside and out, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But like, I don't even think that. I see. So like the the big problem is like, let's look it up. Well, I just don't think it's even possible to be that person anymore. Mm. Like, there's just too much to know. So there's just impossible. To, even like, because so we've been playing, I would say fairly consistently for like the past couple of years, right? Like on a, on mm-hmm. like a weekly basis, and I think our group knows the uh, you know like the main rules really well, and most of the time when people have like they know their class abilities that they're going to use them and that kind of stuff. But like the second somebody says a word that no one's ever heard of, it's like oh crap, okay let's Google this, let's look it up in the thing, and heaven help you if you if you're just using only a book and like you have to like look in the index and then you have to like find the page. It's like all these archaic ways of looking up knowledge that are impossible to do. Right. Yeah. Index? Right. Index? Is that a stat that I have? I got plus no. three to index. <laughs> Control F. Control F is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> My index is minus one, so I can't control F. This is. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, that's why uh, Mike and I have been working on a board game for forever and a day. Uh, good night, Alex. A little interruption. Yeah. From my son. Oh, tell me on the podcast. Tell me about the board game. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna ask. Tell oh. us about your game. So we made a game uh, called Chronicles of Chaos. That is a D and D ish role playing card game uh, that is designed to be able to be played and understood in like less than ten minutes. Not, not like the game doesn't last for ten minutes, but like you know everything you need to know about the game in ten minutes, and you can play it. And any age person can play it. We've played it with like little kids from like age five you know all the way to grandparents everybody gets it and it's a blast um so we've been working on it over the years for the past three or four years now um trying to get to a point where it's ready to like kickstart or whatever and it's really close we have some pretty good art for it and everything now too um we just getting it over those last few minutes over the or last through feet across the finish line has been a little bit tough but um yeah we made like Dude, uh why go ahead why is that why is it, it's like that paradox you know like any length you can um 
divide in half and then you divide it in half and you divide it in half and you divide it in half and you never make it to the stupid finish line. I think uh, I think it's the same thing as the it's the difference between like reading about how to build a house and building a house. Like doing it is is harder than knowing how to do it or something. Yeah, or even planning to do it. Like or planning to so do like, it. So yeah, like for sure. example, like we we came up with a, most of the the rules and like the characters that we wanted to create and all that. That took us only like a few weeks to a few months, right? And mm-hmm. then like you get bogged down in things like designing the layout of a card so that it looks intuitive or so that it looks good or so that it's readable. And then like, you're like, okay, how do we, f- we need to figure out how to like manufacture this? And do we have to pay money here? Who do we have to pay? We have to do art. We have to do, you start, like, when you actually get to the details of actually creating a thing, it's much, much, much more complex than the idea of the thing, right? So yeah. this whole, and I've made prototypes of it, which work just fine. And we, we can play the game and have a lot of fun with, but like, I can't mass produce a prototype with like a paper cutter at my house. <laughs> like... You know? Yeah, so it's like a, it's like things at scale. Right, and then it starts to go. I mean, like in, I think anybody basically can can think of a card game and and make it. That's not that hard. You write stuff on cards. That's the end. That's all you need to do. But like uh, when it comes to making something presentable, all of a sudden you have all these skill sets you don't have. Right, like I'm not like a professional artist. I don't know how to design things. I don't know how to like put things. The graphic you know? designer to even, lay out the card, yeah, like you were saying. Even things like uh, for Kickstarter, right? Like most successful Kickstarters, first of all, had to learn about Kickstarting. Second of all, Kickstarters that are successful usually have a uh, one to two minute video that you play. I don't know how to make a video. I did make a video eventually. Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> like, like, But, you know, it's just stuff like that. Like, And you could either pay a bazillion dollars to a lot of people to do it for you, but then that always feels like it's just not quite right. Something weird about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, well, because I guess it's what you were saying about the idea, right? The idea of editing a video or producing a video seems like, oh yeah, you just you know take take your phone out or or you you know I don't know you you animate some things whatever yeah. and then you put it all together and wham bam there's a minute video. Well, so, like I could do that if I had enough time. Well, so here's an, you know? here's the other thing is. Like, I don't think it, that people realize how hard it is to, like, tell someone else your idea and have them make the thing that you want. Like, oh, sh- like, okay. Like that's so, like, there's a, a breakdown in the communication. Well, or just – so we've had it two ways, right? So we had one artist that has been drawing stuff for us. Sometimes we'll – because we usually we would give him, here's the name of the character, right? Here's what their, here's what their description is. Here's kind of, like, what we were thinking, right? And then he'll draw it up, and all of his art is amazing, and it comes back. And sometimes it's completely different than what we were thinking. But like, what because we we he's so good, like whatever he draws just becomes the thing, right? So it's like a that's like a pleasant surprise, like oh you exceeded my expectations, uh, right? But we also used like Fiverr or one of those type of sites, you know, um, mm-hmm. and paid somebody to design us some card backs. Just like because we, we thought, Harry, this is what we want. We want some art of these things. And we also to draw us some uh, item art. And they took some time and came back. And everything they made was like so completely like, ugh, like unusable. That it was just like, I don't understand. Like, you know, there was, 
It's like, draw me a picture of a life jacket. And it came back and it's like, this is not usable. How is this used? How, is, how did you draw this? It looked like you would, <laughs> like, it looked like they went on the internet and then just pulled pictures of things and then just put it through some app that turns it into a drawing. Nice. You know, and it looked bad. Which probably is what they did. Probably. And so then you, then you have to go into this whole thing where you have to like have meetings and be like, this is what I want you to do. No, it has to look like this. No, I want it to be revised. No, blah. And then like, then you, what are you even doing now? I'm just like some sort of middleman for my own idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's terrible. Like now, now I'm like I'm I'm not even in like the the CEO of my own design. I don't, it's just it's. So that's kind of the psychosis that goes into why it's so hard to get it across that final little finish line. Yeah, well, right. So maybe maybe part of it, too, is the perception, right? Like you think you have only inches left, but really when you get into the nitty gritty, right? Like you've got another couple laps around the, the track yeah. just because of all the stuff that you don't know to worry about. Well, it's, like, it's a false like, summit. Yeah, the false summit. Yeah, there you go. That's that's yep. that's might be what it is. Uh, and, and part of it is just because Mike and I have never done something like this before, so we don't quite have... Like, nobody in this group had the, the skills to get it to that place, right? Like, if we had had somebody who's like, my job is just I make card games and I get them sold, and that was his whole part of this. We had just had a partner that did that. Like, probably would have gone really quickly, right? Um, so sometimes it's just about what you do know and what you don't know. And Yeah, well, and it takes time to learn it, right? Like, yep. Uh, I l- the intuition isn't always enough. Yeah, I guess. And I learned how to use, uh, like, I learned how to use different software programs. I learned how to use GIMP pretty well, right? It's like kind of like a free uh, Photoshop, Photoshop kind of replacement yeah. that works really well. But I designed all of our cards in GIMP. Uh, they look okay. And then, uh, <laughs> like, but also kind of to be perfectly honest, like we, when we started thinking about like, oh, because we uh, we recognized that what we made was really good, like. You know, not like in a in a way that you're proud of your own kid because like you have to be, but like we're like, oh, <laughs> like objectively, everyone that we've showed this to has like really liked it. Everyone that's played it has had a really great time. People are excited about it when we tell them about it. And then like we started thinking about that, and then it sort of it like there became pressure, right? Like the pressure to like make it good and have it come out, and that pressure even adds on top of the expectations. And then it's almost like you're you're looking into the future too far. You just need to like come back to the present and be like, let's get the small part of it done first, instead of making sure that we have plans for the next five expansions or whatever, you know? Yeah, right. that's cool. It, it, like the moment is all that you really do have. It's cool that you can take that like, um, or you have enough. I don't know what it is, self-reflection to realize that like, no. Well, it's not a simmer down. Well, it's not immediate, right? Like it took us like forever to realize that. We've been talking about that off and on for the past like year and a half or so. But you know, have you guys heard of uh, the game Manor Lords? No. A, yeah, I haven't it's, either. It's in development right now, but it's it's a city builder RTS that has uh, fighting mechanics like the Total War series. Have you guys played Total War games? I've seen them. I haven't played them, but I've seen them. Yeah, I haven't played him either, but I, I know what Total War is. Anyway, it's just a solo developer. I think his name's Greg, and uh, he's making this Manor Lords game. It actually looks really good, and it's just but it's just been one guy working on it for like, you know, several years. And he has a subreddit set up, and you know, all the media things, and he posts on them regularly. But apparently, like he, 
uh, caught the eye of some YouTubers, and they they tried his game out, and then they gave him feedback, and he gave them, and, and he, uh, Greg, you know, he implemented their feedback like two days later, sent him back another draft, and they're like, oh yeah, you you fixed it, good job, and uh, and that was enough for them to be like, I'm sold by this guy's product and his. Uh, his viewership and, and the people in his subreddit and everything like every it exploded exponentially. And so suddenly he's found all this anticipation where he's just a single guy that's been working on this single game for, you know, for years. And, uh, and now there's all these expectations. You know, everybody's like, Oh, this is going to take, cause the total war series is, is all made by creative assembly. And there isn't really a, a viable competitor for that style of a game on the market right now. So all these people are coming in. They're like, "Oh, he's going to take down Total War with his. He's doing all this great stuff that Total War can't do because they're too big. They can't. They can't shift quickly like this guy is able to implement the changes quickly." And and um, I actually went and uh, I was talking to him because I'm like, "Hey, you're you're doing a good job with your RTS." And and I just said, uh, I sent him a message on his subreddit. And uh, he sent me a message back, and he's like, "Yeah, I can't believe the hype of this game. It's it's uh, it's driving me nuts. I I can't handle it." <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds kind of like uh, the similar thing to what you're talking about, where suddenly all this hype hits, and and uh, and and the weight on your shoulders kind of increases, and that can almost hold you in your tracks. Well, ours is almost worse, right? Because it's not even real hype. It's just like imagined hype, or like you know, it's encouragement Hope, from people that we hype. from we know, but it's not like we had like buzz in the press you know so like but yeah. still like you can get you can get too far you know the the whole horse cart before the horse type of thing right where it's mm -hmm. just like you can get way too far away from the thing that you were doing and it got really easy to get bogged down in like trying to make the rules a certain way instead of like just making sure that the game was fun and, that, hmm. and that's kind of what i feel like D D is like now too like i feel like the game isn't really about having fun anymore. Like from the, even the perspective of the Wizards of the Coast, it doesn't seem like that. Just from my using of their content lately, it just all seems so monetary. Driven. Yeah, like like even so, some I executive mean, is like split that book into two books because thirty more dollars. Yeah, so like I feel I feel pretty pretty. Uh, what's the right word? Um allowed i guess to talk about this not allowed i just i i have spent a lot of money on D, &D okay I, ha I own a good number of paper books but i've also spent like several hundred dollars on like digital copies on like for use on their website right and so mm -hmm. the first thing that they've done is they have uh, made it so that if you buy the book paperback you can't have a digital copy you have to buy them separately and they cost the same amount Right, so there. That's that is insane. So usually a book is about thirty dollars, and if you want the if you want to get it on their website, it's also thirty dollars. Now the website has all these like nice tools in it, right? It has search engines and and like things that you can mouse over so that like you can you can access the information a lot more like quickly, right? And it, hyperlink the spell and it goes to the spell. Yep, page uh, or, or like whatever. you know you can click a map or whatever, and it, it can blow up a big picture, and you can print it out to give to your players or whatever, and you can link players accounts. It, they have a lot of cool features. But they've already made it so that you're penalized. You have to you have to buy things twice if you want both things. It just seems to me like if you buy the paper copy, they should give you the digital copy for free. Um, second of all, 
in their site, even they they are constantly coming out with new content, like constantly. And uh, there is no like option that that works on a consistent basis for saying when I search, only show me the things that I own. So you can only... so you search everything. So even if and then they're like. You click the link and it's like you don't have that. You can buy yeah. it for nineteen ninety five. Exactly. You click the link and it's like, oh, if you wanted to see this, it's twenty nine dollars. Jeez. And you're like, well, it looks like every other search engine result on this thing, right? So even on the even on the uh, on the app where you don't have all your content installed, it still does that kind of stuff. And so that really rubs me the wrong way because you can't ever. I mean, I guess you technically could buy all of the stuff, but it's very expensive. And, and like you said, they're coming out with content constantly. Right. So, like, it used to just be, like, uh, three books, right? Like, the Player's Handbook, DM's Guide, and, like, a Monster Manual. And then you just, the rest was your, Make an the rest was your imagination. And that's what we, that's kind of still how we play. But there's, there's still, there's so much stuff. And it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And so I know that if I were to make a game where it became obvious that it was really more about like me making a dollar than it was about me making people laugh. Like that would be a bad thing. Right. Like I see that as a, as a big benefit of virtually every game. That's not a video game, but card games, board games, uh, just party games is, uh, they're, they're inherently flexible. So, like every game of Monopoly that you've ever played has 50 homebrew game uh, rules in it. Yep. That that make the game, uh, in my opinion, objectively worse. But uh, but you can do that if you want. Uh, and I've been I think I mentioned to you guys that I've been playing Magic with my kids and we played almost every night now and they've they've gotten pretty good at it. But we I had to still implement two or three homebrew rules in it or the games would never end. Um, but yeah, you can you can kind of customize it to what works for you and what 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 makes it fun for you. And uh, but with video games, you can't really do that, right? Have you ever finished a game of Monopoly? <laughs> I was gonna like, I was gonna ask the exact same question. Yeah. So if you go to the the base rule set of Monopoly and you follow every rule by the book, you'll be done in less than thirty minutes. Really? What's the big thing that everybody gets wrong? The bank always wins. Uh, (laughs) Basically, people are... The whole point of the game, like whoever made the game a long time ago, like they made it intentionally to be kind of a short game. It's meant to show the runaway power of a monopoly or, you know, money makes money. Um, But what people do wrong is they um, implement a whole bunch of homebrew rules that that add more money into the system. Socialism? Be in there. So, <laughs> so like five hundred dollars be... on the free space. If you land on the free space, you yeah. get five hundred dollars. Exactly, and and that's not the point of it. The point is to have a very limited amount of money, and then if you land on someone's house, you're effed. Yeah, you're out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> uh, but nobody does it that way, right? So, and then um, the other thing that we did, that I guess is a little bit homebrew, is we made sure that I did this when I used to live uh, in college with seven other guys and we'd play monopoly sometimes um we would make it a kind of a not set in stone rule that you needed to be a bit more liberal with your trades so because everybody's like 
pretty like if somebody's going to get a monopoly then oh i'm not going to trade that guy but we we made it so like hey just be a little bit more liberal about that and then if as soon as somebody gets a monopoly then people start exiting the game real quick yep we should make a new version of Monopoly that's more realistic and just call it Monopoly Realism. And it starts and an unknown player who's not on the board owns all the property and the players, <laughs> the players, <laughs> the players just go around once and then they just give all their money to the bank and then they go to jail. It's like, it's like the hedge fund. Yeah. And that's, and then, and it, and then everybody bands together and they're like, what if we just all give each other one person, one of us, or, all of the money. Right. And then you realize that even that doesn't do anything and the game just ends. And then, and then, it, it, and then the, you flip, there's only one card in community chess or whatever. And you, you flip it over and it just says, did you learn anything? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And, uh, yeah. And maybe there's one more and it says you've never won a beauty contest. Ever. <laughs> like, I forgot like about a, that card. Like an underhanded disc? No, just like a like it's realistic. It's like you first of all, you've never entered a beauty contest. Second of all, if you did, it wouldn't go well. Like Third of all, there aren't beauty contests. Right. Unless you like the bachelor, I yeah, guess. Yeah, also anybody in a beauty contest nowadays would get me tooed in like five seconds. Can we just <laughs> say that? It's like not politically correct to have a beauty contest anymore. Isn't there still like Miss America or whatever? Yeah, but that's like a Isn't that a beauty contest? That's probably contest? a front for the Mossad. I don't know. It's just like oh. <laughs> it's, it's CIA. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just dumb. When was the last time they did that? It was like the eighties. No, they do it all the There's time. There's no way they do Miss America every year. They still do it, Nate, all the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this. My wife's gonna ask me questions later. <laughs> Miss America. The, whichever one it is that Trump owns is probably gonna be done. I think that's uh, Miss America. This isn't year it? was supposed to be a big one for Miss America, uh, which was set to crown its 100th anniversary queen. Until its board unanimously voted to postpone the crowning of Miss America at 2021 due to COVID-19. 1921 is when. The, so see, like, yeah, Monopoly. When was Monopoly invented? The board also, came. can I just read the 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 people who also asked questions under what I typed in, which was Miss America 2021. Que- okay, let's hear it. Question one: What is Miss USA salary? That's question one. Question two, who were the top 15 in Miss America 2020? Question three, can Miss America be married? And then who is the new Miss America? So really, really solid questions from... (laughs) from I really am curious about question number three. To compete for Miss America crown, a contestant can't be married, but she can certainly be divorced. That's what Fox News Entertainment says. So I, well, it is Miss America, not Ms. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things I want to say right now, but we, I'm not going to say them. Okay, so there's... What if Brian wanted to be in it? What if I... What if I, <laughs> deep I, I breath, deep What breath. if I identify as Miss America? That's what I'm trying to say. So, he did it. Then you get a participation trophy. I think I should win. I could... There's no winners anymore. So you want me to deadlift like four <laughs> times as much as any of the other contestants in the in the... <laughs> talent show <laughs> boom all right how's that going anyway he's still making some gains some make gains. a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, strength gains uh, uh not very good weight loss gains i think i've lost 
probably like three pounds in February, which is is not zero. Uh, but I definitely thanks, John. Yeah, I got your bag, Brian. Thanks, thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Certainly, it was half John's fault, half obviously it's my fault. Um, but also, we had some family get-togethers and my wife's birthday and all kinds of things that have slowed it down. But I haven't missed a workout, and it's been good. I've been getting progressively stronger still. I'm on my second round. I'm in the same boat. I haven't been. I plateaued on my weight loss, but I haven't missed a day. Well, if I lost another uh, hundred pounds, they the doctor would be like, "You should think about losing forty pounds." But like, if you uh, if you lost any more weight, they would put you in a rehabilitation ward. So you should stay where you are. <laughs> hey, uh, Caleb, did I tell you? I think I did. One hundred. I made it. One hundred. One hundred. Push-ups. He lost one hundred. Oh, you pounds. did it. He lost 100 pounds. Yeah. You did, did 100. It. You did 100 push-ups in a row. Yeah, I've been I've been working towards this for years. Although usually not that invested until this year, um, where I've been doing them three times a week. So and how uh, how how long have you been doing them three times a week? Like, like once you got serious, I'll, sure you've I had guess, a goal to do 100 push-ups for years, but once you got serious, how long did it take you? I think it's been at least since roughly May last year. So from May until now, roughly. Nice work. That's, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So I started out doing, you know, less than 20, maybe like 15 in a go. And uh, now it's crazy to me to think of that. Um, but, you know, you just keep at it and your body adjusts. And figures it out. And then I got stuck on at, at 70 for a really long time. And then I got stuck at 80 for a really long time. And then I was like, this week I'm doing 100. And and then I did 100 that week on the Friday. And so I think the lesson there is that your, your mind has a, a lot to do with it, I think. I think I could have done 100 earlier, but for some reason I had it stuck in my mind. No, you can only do 80. But then really, I'm like, like 80 is like, going to be really hard. And yeah. sure enough, 80 was hard for, yeah. for weeks or something. Yeah, for months I couldn't do, get past 80. And then I was like, I'm doing it this week, 100. And then I did it. And then on the Friday that I did it too, like I made it to 100 and I kind of surprised myself because I'm like, well, I could keep going. You still had the gas in the tank even after 100. Yeah. That's really cool, Nate. Incredible. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm sure your uh, your little weight loss helped as well, right? Body weight. Oh, that's probably true. Body weight exercises always get easier when you weigh less. If that makes sense, right? So, yeah, <laughs> you probably do a lot more a lot uh, pull-ups and stuff now too than you ever could before. Oh, I did get a pull-up bar, but I can't find a door frame in my house that it fits on because my door frames are all weird and built in the 1970s. Dude, I have the exact same problem. I have this little one that hangs on a door frame, and I think there's one doorway in my whole house that it will work on. Really? Yep. There's just, like, not enough room on the top casing or yeah, something? Yeah, and, like, so, like, I, I, my desk that I'm sitting at right now, you know, there's a bathroom pretty close to it, and the door is yeah. so close to the wall that the bar hits the wall right and then other door frames have like a like a drop ceiling and so there's not space above the what do you call it like the frame casing right yeah in order to the like headboard. get the thing there yeah that's the weird thing about these older houses that you don't notice until you're trying to hang up a, 
pull up bars. Like every single door is weird in its own weird way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, they're all weird, special. Every single one of them. They're all special yeah, like, in the wrong way. Some of them are too close to the ceiling. Other ones are too close to the wall. Other ones are t way too wide. Like the door is huge and you didn't realize it. And some of them are like too narrow or, or um, yeah. Did, There's no Goldie Lock stores ever. Have you guys house, ever right? woken up in the middle of the night and it was like so, so dark for some reason because of like a power outage or something and you were disoriented and then you just didn't know where you were and you couldn't find your way out of your room? No, <laughs> no, but it's like a story. <laughs> That's never happened. Uh, me neither. Uh, <laughs> okay, you just you just oddly specifically. No, I remember one time. It. I don't know why I thought about that. Maybe it was because of the weird shaped doorways conversation. But like, I do. I I was a kid, but I remember I had like a basement room, and it must have been a power outage. So there was like no light in our room at all. I don't even think we had a window, or if we did, it was very very small and it was blocked. And uh, it was so dark, and I was, like, disoriented, and I was, like, feeling around in the room trying to get out, and I couldn't figure out where the door was, and I was just like, I'm lost forever in a maze of sadness. It's Anyway, it's happened to everyone. I know it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it has happened to me, not maybe as specific as that, but where I wake up, and then I, like, I'm disoriented and don't know which direction the door is. Mm. Something like that. Thanks for... But usually... But it goes away it's... after moments. Well, and for me, it's usually when I'm not in, at my own house, right? Sure, like, yeah. Yeah, I've never slept deeply at someone else's house, I guess. Or the hotel? Ever in a hotel. Ever, ever. Except maybe in, when I was in China. And that was because it was my time was backwards. <laughs> um, oh, so you're super tired when you're going to bed? Yeah, because it's... Well, you're super tired at like 4 p.m. Because you're like messed up. <laughs> Cause you're like, it's like 4 a.m. It's 2 in the morning right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, good podcast, guys. I think that's a good place to stop. Sure, yeah. We can, uh, we can, hey, Nate, any. give us, give us one more tidbit, parting words. Nate, it's follow, you. Follow your dreams because your dreams are yours and nobody else's. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, how about you knock? Because no one's going to knock for you. Oh, do I need to have something? Yeah, no. your turn. Ready, go. Uh, or I mean, just, yeah. that's it. Eat more protein. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. All right. Seriously. It's satiating. You'll feel better. Your muscles will feel better. Your body will feel better. Eat more protein. Hey, have you heard of cupping before we're done? Cupping. I don't. I'm no, afraid. I'm afraid to ask about the context. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's something Michael Phelps did. Uh, but but teenage kids around are like all about it now. Um, so my, one of my friends is a wrestling coach for the local high school, and he was showing me a video of one of the kids that he is coaching because he won state. He's like, look at this crazy move that he did. And he ended up winning the match and he won state. And he's got all these weird red marks on his body. And I'm like, what oh, the F is that? I is have that heard of this. I know. I know. What Does you're he have about. like some kind of a wrestling disease? And, Just give uh, himself huge cup hickeys. Yeah. So apparently like if you get really sore muscles uh, because you're working out so hard that you're Michael Phelps or whatever, then you do some sort of a cup thing where you 
cause a a, a vacuum, vacuum or negative pressure or something using a cup somehow and and it leaves like a big old red mark but supposedly like makes blood pool in your muscle and it repairs more quickly or something i don't know but i just thought it was weird yeah. so i thought is brian doing that and the answer is no i'm definitely not cupping not that kind of cupping anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway weird <laughs> good podcast weird note to end on <laughs> that's a good podcast see you later okay bye